Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Now we gotta hurry up, hurry this up. I got a haircut in, <laughs> in like 20 minutes. I actually, I actually have a haircut on my list too. Not, not today, but this week. Cause I got the book stuff coming up next week. I gotta look, you gotta look, I gotta look good. Edgy for, that. Yeah, <laughs> gotta look cool. Yeah, gotta make people think I'm rich. If, <laughs> if you want people, since since your physique, this was when we learned right. last week that your physique is not necessarily something that people want. Uh, no, uh, it then is maybe what your haircut. Want. A physique is what people want. I need, to, I need to put inflatable stuff under my clothes so I look like <laughs> buff for this stuff. Uh, yeah okay well the book's coming out next week that's the book is coming out this is our this is our final podcast episode until the book comes out we're gonna do one shortly after before i jet out of town next week but uh but this is this is your the listener's last chance to support this podcast mainly support me not so much doug but support (laughs) support half of this podcast by pre-ordering the no meat athlete cookbook at no meat athlete.com slash cookbook we've gotten really good stuff about it uh it's going to be printed in Brazil. I'm excited to hear that. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if that information can be spilled in Portuguese? yet, but I did. Uh, yes, Portuguese language, which which is adding to my... Pro- I'm, I'm just trying to keep upping the count of how many languages... You know how people say like their books have been translated in 100 languages around the world? Uh-huh. What are you at? I'm at like four. Four. Well, hey, that's pretty <laughs> if cool. If you count the two different versions of French, one for Canada, one for France. <laughs> <laughs> it's French, German... Three slash four. English, and now Portuguese? Yeah. Is that right? And Canadian. In Canadian. Canadian French. <laughs> okay. Well. Anyway, so that that is happening. We do have a lot of pre-order bonuses. We have upped the ante on those bonuses, in fact, uh, and they are still at nomeatathlete.com slash cookbook, so that's the place to go uh, for that. Anyway, we uh, this this episode, we interviewed Heather Crosby, who's on the same publisher, whose book comes out on the same day. And, and who you're doing a joint book launch event yeah, with. Yeah, next week uh, at, at Malaprops first, and then Plant Restaurant, both in Nashville, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, the 16th and 17th. So if anybody is local in the area or, you know, even not that local, you could come. And those things, I think they'll be a good time. You can meet Doug at Battle Props. Yes. You can meet co-host Doug there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, I know that's what you would really be coming for. <laughs> hey, it, you never know. It might be. Also, someone, Doug, emailed uh, and offered for me to sh- to stay at her, her Outer Banks place when I do the Graveyard 100. I she, saw that. She said she met yeah. you at the finish line. and Uh-huh. Uh, that's cool so now you gotta do cool. it now that's you got really a place cool. to stay and i assume that she'd put up your crew and me uh as well right. yeah, I, 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 <laughs> maybe that's assume, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> right uh so now that whole training for 100 part would have to still be handled by somebody but that's that's minor details that's easy all right so before we get to the interview doug what what'd you do this weekend battle <laughs> the bands no type of thing? no battle the bands unfortunately no no, I want to. I want to play in a battle there so bad because I want to win. Yeah. But uh, no, that's that's. What happened? Did you get? What happened to your battle bands? You didn't win. I didn't. Was never in one. I thought you guys were doing one, and no. I made fun of it. And that's when I said that thing about the audience losing. The Dimitri Martin joke. Yeah. No. No. We we never. Uh, we wanted to do one. Oh, you wanted to. We wanted. To, we wanted <laughs> okay. to do one, and, and uh, two lost. two of the band members. Okay. No, two of the band members had a wedding that day, including me. Okay. Uh, so. Don't know. We we've never done a battle of the bands. Okay. We've only had one one uh, epic performance that will go down in history. <laughs> yeah. How many non-epic performances have you done? Uh, Not- all of, uh, we have had hundred percent epic performances. Okay, well that's that's good. That's a good start. <laughs> uh, I had my daughter's birthday party. That was 
that was something. Uh, made a bunch of guacamole for it. Nice. As I tend to do. <laughs> Where was it? Here? Here. We just had people outside, and they kids ran around and uh, played soccer in a soccer goal. <laughs> but, I mean, pretty standard fare, I think, as far as four-year-old birthday parties go. Well, good. Uh, and that was a good time. Yeah. Nothing nothing too much to report on that note, but just that's what dad life is, and you're you're going to be experiencing things. Speaking of which, Doug, you've had a lot of uh, forgetting of things recently. Yeah. It seems that your brain is stopping working. I, it's it's kind of worrying me. I'm not going to lie. It's, I'm telling you, it's the kid. It's having a kid. Suddenly, your brain is now... You know how your computer hard drive gets fragmented and you need to defragment it? Uh-huh. That's what's happening. That's your what's brain happening. has gotten fragmented, and you got to find... you got to defragment it somehow. How am I going to do that? Up casinos that's the only thing i can think of <laughs> a weekend trip with uh with you all right yeah so anyway actually all right so real quickly i did do something this past weekend that is worth sharing i think okay. and that is i reconmarried we reconmarried oh, our nice. house okay or my clothes and uh in our one of our closets good our camping gear and stuff. that for those who don't know conmari is the method of uh what's that book called the, the magical mir- life-changing magic of yeah. tidying up which Doug and I are both fans of, have both done. And you know what? I need a recon morning too. Like it has lasted a full year and five months now. Mm-hmm. Lasted in that like the bones are still in place, but there I, I could do a little bit of tidying up. It, uh, it, it's way easier the second time. Yeah, that makes sense. Seems and, like it would and it, it felt good. And this weekend, I'm going to run 100K. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So I leave Friday, going up to Virginia. Mm-hmm. Gonna... Good. Not pee blood this time. Not pee blood. That's the goal. Nope. Anything else? Oh, it's all that matters. If that's you do that, it's a victory. If I can, if I can get through it without peeing blood, then you'll win a trophy in my book. That's right. All yeah. right. What what's going on this week with uh, this episode here? Uh, talk to Heather Cosby, who has been on the podcast before, and she's also been in the Nomad Athlete Academy before. Uh, this was a revisit of some of her methods. Her new book is called. I think I. I think I may have called it plate to pantry before, which wouldn't make any sense because that that would be that would be a, your pantry would not be very good if you move things from your plate into it. It's pantry to plate. Uh, I know in our episode I said it correct, but I think maybe in a previous one I said it wrong. Um, anyway, it's it's not a cookbook. It's I mean, it's a cookbook. <laughs> it's more than a cookbook because it is it's really based a lot on like the blueprint formula type idea. Like she has a bunch of those throughout it, and then a bunch of examples for each one. So there's still plenty that you can look at it as a traditional cookbook, but there's lots and lots of um, teaching you how to cook, basically, which is which I think is really neat. She did a very, very nice job with it. Cool. And uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's a beautiful cookbook. So anyway, we talk about that. We talk about her book tour because she didn't do one last time. She is doing one this one, and she's doing it for like two months or something. So it's kind of similar to mine. I was, I was thinking that she nobody would do that. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but uh, turns out she is, and uh, she's really looking forward to it. So... Anyway, we talked about that. We caught up. We talked about some kitchen tips, some how do you simplify, where's the line. Because when I've talked to her before, she's given me all kinds of interesting ideas about, you know, always soaking your beans, always sprouting your grains, always. And, like, having this idea of how having this kitchen that just runs perfectly smoothly and, and you're on top of everything. And that idea can also get really overwhelming and make you kind of feel bad, like, mm. that I'm buying canned beans. and Right. So we talked about that and where's the balance and, you know, how do you, how do you find the – how do you do all that best? Anyway, good interview, good to catch up with Heather, and uh, I think people will enjoy it. All right, well, let's get to it then. Okay. Hey everyone, Matt Frazier here. I am with my friend Heather Crosby today, who is the author of 
the soon-to-be-released, actually on the same day of the No Meat Athlete Cookbook, uh, Pantry to Plate, the follow-up to her first one, which I believe was, was it the Yum Universe Cookbook or just Yum Universe? Heather, I don't it just remember. was called Yum Universe, and there's a super long tagline, but we call <laughs> it Yum it. <laughs> Well, it should be long, because it's gluten-free and vegan, all your stuff, uh, which is, which is to me, like, sounds quite restrictive, so I'm always amazed at the way that you do this stuff and pull it off and make it uh, look really good. Like, so good, in fact, I was looking through your the, the <laughs> PDF of your book, um, the the most recent one, and I was glancing through it, and I was like, man, this is such a good book. Like, it, I'll get into this as we talk, but it, it's sure. so neat that it sort of teaches you how to cook. It's not just a cookbook. Um, right. And I was just kind of all wrapped up in that, and then it just hit me at, as I was like three-quarters of the way through skimming through it. I was like, wow, this is all gluten-free and vegan. And like, I, you know, that just you just forget that mm-hmm. as you're just looking at all this really good food and all these different themes and flavor right. combinations and like ways to cook. So uh, I think that's awesome. And I also want to point out how beautifully done your books are because you yourself, I know you designed the first one. Did you do that for this one too? I did for this one and I did all the photos and the illustrations too. Wow. <laughs> I know what I was thinking, but I'm proud of it in the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's really, really amazing. And I, I think I told you this. I don't really know. Um, we definitely told publishers this when we were kind of shopping around trying to find a publisher. And by the way, we have the same publisher, The Experiment, yep. for our two books this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we kept using yours as like the model. And Stephanie, my co-author, and I, even before we talked to any publishers or agents about it, we we kind of had that one as like what we wanted this one to, to look like. It not, not necessarily – we didn't want to make the same book, of course. But sure. like – we wanted it to feel like yours did, but the spreads and like the really the ease of use and like the way you were kind of teaching cooking as you mm-hmm. were also giving recipes and kind of helping people to make it just to kind of make it so that people didn't have to rely on a recipe step by step every time, but kind of right. could assemble their own stuff. Um, so I just think your stuff is is really really nicely done. There's there's this sort of craft or artistry to the way you do things in all your photos and everything. So um, I think that's a really cool thing. Thank you, Matt. That is definitely the goal to show the food first. And then if it falls under those labels, you know, plant based and gluten free, that's great. Because I just think it's about good food. And I do want to clarify that they do all fall under the vegan umbrella with the exception that I do. I'm a honey user. Hmm. Um, And but I do provide options for people. Um, If they ever want to make something in my books that calls for honey, I always have options available. So gotcha. Good. Well, good. I'm glad you glad you made that clarification. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> cool. So uh, you are doing what I did. You're doing a book tour. You're making the mistake I yes. made. You're doing a book tour. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. I didn't do it the first time. Right. And I am so craving just some face-to-face time and fun and meeting and connecting with everybody. So I'm keeping it manageable and low stress as far as what the events are. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'm sure I'll be exhausted and like starfish position when I get home on the floor, <laughs> but it's going to be good. It's going to be worth it. Yeah. So of course I'm kidding. In, in, right. in making a mistake. Uh, <laughs> people always ask me how, how it went. And I, I yeah. think you're, you're not doing like a two month one. You're not doing a long one. Are you like sort of small thing? Maybe I hope. It's couple months. Right. I'm in a bunch of cities, um, but I'm trying to pace it out. So I have some nice time at home in between. Okay. Um, That's very smart. Yeah. It's going to go through June and then there's actually a couple, one event in July and then there's going to be one in August that aren't fully formulated, but they'll be up on the site gotcha. probably in a week or so. Cool. Okay. Um, while we're talking about that, where, where is that? Yep. Where can people go to see where you are? Where um, you if be? they go to yumuniverse.com, I have a little widget in the right rail that will say book tour and all of the details and links to ticket information and stuff will be there. Okay, good. 
so anyway, uh, people ask me, everyone's like, well, why aren't you doing it this time? And I'm like, well, it was just, it was just so much. And it was, it was a hundred percent worth doing it one time. Like it was an awesome yeah. experience. Like for what you just said, you get to meet people face to face and like, that that's ever since I started my blog, that was what I wanted to do. That was like, I was like, it would be so cool even without thinking about having a book one day, if I could one day just go around the country and meet Nomad Athlete fans and like, just, you know, get to do this and book all these events because, you know, I know a bunch of people and have a bunch of audience and now we could make these events happen. And it, and that's exactly what it was. And that's, that's why it was worth it. Mm-hmm. As far as selling books goes, I, I realized like it would have been so much smarter for me just to stay home and do internet stuff. Like just like, you know, <laughs> right. write guest posts, do podcasts, do all that stuff. Like put, put those amount of hours into that. Um, right. But it was the, but it was like going out and meeting and you get way better at speaking, like all that kind of stuff for me was totally worth it. So I'm excited. Yeah. I think you will really, I think you'll enjoy it and you'll be tired Thanks. at the end too. Yeah, I'll be tired at the end. But all of those things that you were saying that that it was for you is what I'm craving right now. Yeah. Um, and you know, working on this book was it was I I was alone a lot of the time and just in the house and making recipes and doing little paintings and designing it. And I just I really want to get out there and and meet people and and do do it once at least. You yeah. know, like you said, exactly. It's going to be a great time. Cool. And it will be a doubly great time. Uh, what is it next <laughs> Wednesday? May 17th, you will be in Asheville, North Carolina. Which right, is... the 16th as well. Oh, yes, for the event ahead of that. From Malaprop. Yeah, I shouldn't, mm-hmm. I shouldn't forget that one. Um, okay, right. good. So on the 16th at Malaprops, Heather, Stephanie, and I are doing a panel discussion. Uh, Malaprops right. is, the, is the local independent bookstore. Mm-hmm. And then this, and that's the day our books come out. And then that the 17th, the we, will be at, uh, we will be at Plant Restaurant, which is the best restaurant in Asheville as far as I'm concerned. And Jason, the chef there, will be making recipes from our books. So mm-hmm. very special, fun event, something I never really imagined that I'd get to be a part of. Um, so I'm really <laughs> excited. And I'm excited to meet you in person, Heather, because we haven't I know. done that yet. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, too. I think it's going to be a really a great time, a yeah. lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, if people want to come to that, by the way, mm-hmm. as far as plant goes, I know you have to call the restaurant, Plant Restaurant yes. in Asheville. Uh, mm-hmm. Call them and get tickets. Um, do we have we have information on that somewhere? You, you probably have information. I on have that it on. Right? Yep, I have it on my book tour page on the site. Um, all the information and then the information, or at least a link out to Malaprops. Gotcha. Um, the information for that as well. Good. Yeah, I'm very nitpicky about all that stuff, so I have all the details. All right. Yeah, well, I did too. When I was on the tour, yeah. I had all that stuff out there. Right, so right. You need to. Otherwise, you'd go crazy, crazier. Yeah, it's almost my own calendar. So. <laughs> right, right. Good. So that. Uh, that's about a week from now. What? Yep. Wh- what's going on with the book tour? Like, where are you? Have you already started touring around, or are you? Wait, is that like the beginning of it? It. That's the kickoff. Um, oh, okay. Asheville's the kickoff for nice. book release. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Going, having a few events in Washington D.C. the following week, so May 23rd and 24th. I'm actually partnering up with uh, Laura Wright from the First Mess and Jessica Mernan from One Part Plant. Okay. We're doing a couple events in D.C. Um, going to go to Charleston, South Carolina, Pittsburgh, Chicago. Um, I'm going to do something in my little historic, adorable town in West Virginia. Um, <laughs> and then I'm talking about going to LA and potentially Toronto. So that's in the works. All right. Wow. Yeah. So you're, yeah. Yeah, you're doing it. You're doing a real book tour. Doing it. <laughs> I'm going all in. <laughs> Good. Well, that's, that's really cool. No Maryland? Well, DC, right? So no, no Maryland? DC. They- yeah, in Virginia area, like they all kind of touch. And even in West Virginia where I am, I'm only an hour from D.C. Right. So, gotcha. yep, close. Are you, you're a Maryland, you grew up in Maryland, right? 
I did grow up in Maryland, and, and I, I went to. Yeah. Oh, where? Where again? I grew up in Bel Air, which I think That's is pretty right. far north of where you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I was in the Gaithersburg, Darnstown area, okay. um, and then I went to school actually in the town that I live in now, and then I moved to Chicago for 16 years, and then just came back to the college town because I, I love see. it. Oh, so. Very <laughs> yep. cool. Uh, good. Yeah, and I, I saw through the book that there was a an, an Old Bay-focused uh, yes, recipe, and then shout yes. out to Maryland, which I thought was cool. Right. <laughs> uh, among many other cool ones, like buckwheat and chickpea bites which i'm actually quite eager to try and maybe toss them in some buffalo sauce i think heather i think it's from you where i did you have a buffalo cauliflower recipe somewhere i do i do in the first in the first book and i yeah i think your kids would probably like those buckwheat bites because i was really going for chicken tender replacements you know that were you know good for you i like it still tastes really good so love it good so and and by the way that the buffalo cauliflower recipe is my favorite one my i don't do it all that often these days because i'm trying to I have trouble making that, not your recipe, making any of those be good unless I put tons of oil in there. And uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Don't, I, so it, it's, my, it's my indulgence food on special football days, but not all the time. Um, other ones look, that look good to me, lot, the lots of noodles, red curry soup. Looks very oh, yeah. cool. I'm such a sucker mm-hmm. for those sorts of laksa type deals. Me too. Uh, and yep. the sriracha mac. Just, lot, I don't know. Just I, Looking through, it's just a lot of... Um, I don't know. It's not boring food, right? It's 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 comfort food. I'm trying to make the same stuff that I grew up on and that a lot of us feel good eating mm-hmm. emotionally and, you know, from a nutritional standpoint. So I'm trying to hit that emotion for people and memories and just what feels good to eat. Yeah. Definitely. And, and I think that's I think that's very good because if you think of if you think without knowing, if you think gluten-free vegan, Mm. Even as a vegan, I'm like, well, well what is there going to be really to eat? And I, I know mm-hmm. the answer because I've cooked a lot of stuff from your first book, and I, and I've that's like when I did a little gluten free thing, I did it all from there, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, like so I know I know how that it can be done, but I think a lot of people when they think of it, it's just like you you imagine that it's just going to be salads and raw vegetables and like right. just that there's not going to be any substance. So the fact that it's kind of comfort food that's really cool, and then the fact that it's comfort food that actually you're doing a healthy version of, I think mm-hmm. is a really really neat thing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, that's the thing. I'm always thinking of the the taste first, and I just happen to use ingredients that fall under the plant-based <laughs> umbrella. Like I'm always trying to think of like the barbecue-loving uncle at the family party. Like what can I make that he's going to be just as excited about as the, you know, the super militant vegan that's also at the same party, right. you know? Right. That's cool. Um, so as I said, this book, like, it wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting a cookbook, and I realized mm. that it is—it's really a bunch of like kind of like the formula thing that we do on No Meat Athlete. I've done I don't know three, four times. Um, yeah, but it's sort of like that. It's like a lot of templates, blueprint templates. type things, and then a bunch of examples. But uh, you know, I think people will, will when they leave through a cookbook, of course, see the recipes and like, oh, I want to make that, I want to make that. But I think the value for those who put the little bit of investment of time in and learn how to use the templates, that's probably where the real value is, right? Because then you can learn to get away from recipes. And like you say, mm-hmm. I think you even say it on the, in the tagline of the book, like you can do it with whatever you have because these templates don't require specific ingredients. So whatever right. you have in the pantry can usually fill in. Um, yeah, that's, that's the goal for sure is that, you know, I was, when I wrote the first book, 
I'm very dedicated to providing the how for people because I do think there are a lot of really great recipes out there and then there's a ton of information. But the how to do it on a daily basis is what I think trips people up the most. And so I like to provide tools to help people with that day to day. And after I wrote the first book, people were asking me, well, what do you eat on a daily basis? Like when you wake up, how's it go all the way to the end of the day? And the more I thought about it, I had these steps in my mind that I always followed, but I would swap out the ingredients. And so I just decided to put that into the book, my favorite foods that I like to eat and that a lot of people like to eat so that you can change it up no matter how busy you are or whether you like to cook or not. There are these guideposts for you to use to become familiar with the ingredients and just kind of make it work, you know? Yep. And where where did you learn to cook. I mean, I think I remember your story that you had, you, it was that you had some health problems and then you started kind of yeah. removing everything and figuring out, you know, how to, how to, yeah. in a way that worked. But like, where'd you learn how to, you know, formulate recipes or, or learn that like the way to make Thai food is to rely on these certain, you know, four or five ingredients as your backbone of your flavors, you know, et cetera. Mm. Well, that part was research, but you know, for me, I didn't, I didn't eat vegetables at all growing up. I only ate sugar and white processed <laughs> foods, and that's where I ended up getting sick. I had to learn how to like vegetables, and this was really hard for me because I would be the kid at the table who would stay at the dinner table all night long because I wouldn't touch the broccoli, and then I trained myself to swallow it whole. It just was ridiculous, my avoidance of vegetables. So my mother just still is scratching her head that this is what I do now, <laughs> but um, yeah, I had to teach myself how to how to do it. And my background, I'm creative and I've always just been an, an artist type and, and always into breaking the rules. So I just started because the ingredients were new to me and I didn't know how to really use them. I could play with them without rules and start, you know, look at their texture and see if I blended that, what would that replicate? You know, what would that be like? Um, and so I just started creating foods that tasted like what my grandmother would make me, but wouldn't make me feel sick afterwards. And I kept this binder and eventually that binder got so big that I decided to create Yum Universe. But as far as like learning how to cook, it's really been a lot of experimentation and trial and error um, and then doing research. Like if there's a certain type of food I like, I'll research recipes and see what the flavor combinations are. And, you know, to the like, I can't follow a recipe to save my life. <laughs> I really can't. So I have to put my own twist on it or change something up. And that's just how I familiarize myself with ingredients. Um, and that's what I'm excited about with the book is that people are going to be able to do that for themselves too, is I have some flavor combos in there and they can just use ingredients they like, or if there's a recipe in there, they'd like to try, but maybe they don't like Brazil nuts. They can use something else. They can reference the template. I think that's how it sticks for people. They have to like it. It has to be fun and you have to understand the ingredients. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you've basically written um, you, you know, the book that, that can teach someone to do basically what I was asking, like, how do you learn to do this? And mm -hmm. like, was there a book right. like this for you? I know for me, like a lot of the stuff that I've just, and, and I can't say that I'm a, a chef in any way, but like in, in my sort of learning to cook beyond just following recipes, it's kind of been like consulting other books and I'm, I'm really into Italian cooking. So I got like a classic Italian cookbook and I've just mm -hmm. read a bunch of the principles and stuff like there. So you've basically made the principles now in a plant-based book, but was there a plant-based or otherwise a book that for you like was the where you learned the core principles and like read cover to cover sort of thing or is does your artist nature just say i'm just gonna i'm just gonna put this binder together myself and that's 
that's that's fine with me. Like that's I don't need someone to tell me this is the right way to do it. It it's mainly that. Like and it's more because I just I I like to do things on my own. I mean, I definitely read recipes or if I'm at a restaurant and there's something really delicious I've eating eating, I'll look at the at the ingredients and what's in there and then I get home and I start playing. There are a lot of books that inspire me, but I'm not going to lie, the majority of the books in my in my kitchen are there because they're pretty. Like I rarely <laughs> open them. Um, I, I I rarely open them. Um, the ones that I'm really into lately are Appalachian cooking. So mm. I do have a stack of them. Actually, I'm looking at them right now on my table, and I'm just so into learning about the ingredients and the combinations of Appalachian cooking. Uh-huh. So ramps, there's right? That, and then, yeah, definitely ramps and pawpaws <laughs> and like all kinds of amazing things. Um, but, you know, the books that I spend the most time reading are the, like, super geeky ones about fermentation. Like, Sandor Katz's books in my kitchen mm-hmm. are just completely dog-eared and full of stains, and um, I love them. Um, but, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm inspired by recipes and ideas, and then I just play in the kitchen. Yeah. And I mean, if I'm stumped on a certain flavor profile, I'll hop online and do a little research, and I'll take like three things that are inspiring to me and Frankenstein them into my own thing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's I admire that because I I don't have that like artist side of my personality. I mean, in some ways, maybe some areas, but like I'm I'm afraid to do that kind of stuff on my own. You know, like I, I want to find the the comprehensive, authoritative first source first, and like understand that fully. So you know, understand all the rules so that I can properly, you know, carefully, cautiously break them. Uh, yes, but it sounds like I was you, hoping like you were going to say that. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say that. Yeah, of course. You don't want to just do what everybody else has always done, right? But uh, it sounds like the way we would go about that is way different. And I think it's—I think that comes across in the in the types of books and, the, and our websites and the things we do, right? It's just yours is clearly influenced by this uh, this artistic nature and uh, and playful nature. I yeah, think it's just totally. about being curious and playful. Um, I think a lot of people out there. I think everybody out there is creative at some, you know, to some degree because it's about problem solving. But at somewhere along the line in our lives, we're told, oh, you're not as creative as Johnny over there. And so you start to buy into that. Mm -hmm. So I really like to give people permission to play and listen to their taste buds. And yes, it's it's creative and artistic. But for anybody who is just like, oh, that's not me, I don't want you to think that that's what this is about. I'm encouraging you to play and build confidence in the kitchen. Everybody can oh, do yeah, it. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, I, I feel like yeah. maybe with the book you've written is one that someone like me, who's not that artistic type, could mm. could now go because you kind of have laid out the, the guardrails or the guidelines yeah. that says, here's, here's how, like, stay in, in these rules, bend them if you want, but, like, here's, yes. the, here's the basic layout, the basic bones of this recipe, so right. to speak. Right, Cool. So, um, okay, so... Like like we've said many times now, this is kind of a, a how to cook book for if you don't know how to cook, you could start here. Yes. Um, what what if as far as the, the podcast format goes, what's the simplest advice or the most uh, you know <laughs> well suited to a podcast advice uh, you could give about this idea about like this whole idea of simplifying? I don't know if it's meal planning, but simplifying the process of getting a meal on the table. Like where what would you tell people to begin? One of, okay, there are a couple things. Okay. Um, grab a few of your favorite sauces and spices and keep them on hand. It's really about preparation. So have those things. Um, because when you come home from a long day of work 
and you have to make a meal, if you at least have like the produce and some grains, like you could throw something together, some beans, whatever, you could throw a big scramble together and just put a little sauce or a little seasoning on it and you've got yourself a meal in like 10 minutes. Um, but preparation's really gonna be key. And that is, it can be simple. It's just having some chopped onions and garlic and maybe some peppers or something in your fridge, cooking some grains or soaking them while you're sleeping so you, you really don't have to do anything but drain them in the morning and cook them when you have time. Um, just just being prepared and trying at least one, one new thing, being committed to one new thing a week mm -hmm. and then do that one thing until you become familiar with it and then you can start adding a little bit more. Right. I like that. So you you kind of mentioned quickly the idea of having some stuff in your fridge. And I don't know if I caught this correctly, but like, did, do you think someone should chop and prep their food ahead of time and then stick it in the fridge and use it for the week or something like that? There are some things that you can do. And this is what something I do for myself is, and I'm, and I know a lot of people can't set aside an entire day, but either Saturday or Sunday for me is like a special time where I'm, I go to the farmer's market or I go to the grocery store and I prep everything that I'm going to need for the week. Um, if you can't do it all in one day, you can do it in little chunks throughout the week when you can find time. But I like to, like, say I bring some nuts and seeds home, I'll soak them and then drain them and dehydrate them, put them in the pantry. Or I'll um, soak some chickpeas or lentils and then I'll cook them and I'll keep them cooked and drained in the fridge so I'm ready for them. Um, I'll pre-chop onions and like I said, garlic and keep that handy. Maybe some carrots and celery if I'm gonna make a soup or something. So those kind of like aromatic vegetables I keep chopped in an airtight container in the fridge. So when I come, say I come home and it's really been a long day, I need to make something, I can literally just take a handful of those, throw them in a skillet with the chickpeas and throw some sauce or spice on it. And I have a scramble for dinner. Mm -hmm. You know, so whenever I mention that idea to people, I get the question, uh, like, how long does that stuff last in the fridge? And am I going to get the same benefit out of my salad or my smoothie or my vegetables in general? Uh, if I'm waiting two, three, four days to eat them. So not necessarily I'm talking about something going bad, but right. but like, am I going to be losing out on some of that fresh? If you're know? super concerned about losing out on that, make the time to chop it right then and there when mm -hmm. you're preparing it. But sometimes that's not possible. So yes, I, when you cut vegetables, some of the nutrients are depleted, just like when they're shipped from California to your, you know, to your house right. or the grocery store. So uh, it, it's just, it's about compromise and just trying to make it work. Um, I find that a lot of those vegetables will last for a week. And if you're really concerned about it, you can toss them in lemon juice or maybe a touch of apple cider vinegar, which will keep them from oxidizing faster. This is a tip that I use with berries a lot is you, when you bring those berries home from the grocery store, or the farmer's market, soak them in a big bowl with uh, water and maybe like two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar for about five minutes and then drain it. Put those in the fridge. They'll last for at least seven days without You mold. know what? We do that because you taught us to do that. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> awesome. I think back in 2014 probably. Uh, nice. And I forgot that it was about keeping them fresh. And mm -hmm. I thought, because my wife is kind of picked up that habit and kept doing it. Right. I was thinking that that was a cleaning technique, that we did that as a way of 
making it, sure it they were doubles clean. as both. It, it's a cleaning technique as well, but it does preserve them and keep them plump. Like they don't get soggy. Right, it's it's right. really nice. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Good to know. And there wasn't there a book that you recommended back then that you said like this one book has everything you need to know about all different ingredients yes. and how long they eating on the wild side, yes, I believe what is what it's yes. called. That, that is one of my favorite books of all time. <laughs> that one. <laughs> good. good. All right. So on, on this topic, you just, I'm glad that you just mentioned, uh, the idea of kind of doing what you can and like, yes. yeah, you might lose a little nutrition from your vegetables, but if it it's makes better you than drive through, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Or carry out. exactly. And by the way, some vegetables, I don't know about overnight or multiple days, but like Garlic and onions, uh, and then any cruciferous vegetable will actually benefit from being chopped 15, 20 minutes ahead of time for the garlic and onions and 40 right. plus minutes ahead of time for the, for the cruciferous, unless you're eating it raw and then it doesn't really matter. But, um, right. yeah, so there are actually some benefits to chopping stuff ahead of time. Although I don't still, I don't know how that, how that stuff degrades over a day or two. Uh, but anyway, so when I, this, again, going back to that interview we did or two interviews, I think you did like an Academy, uh, mm-hmm. interview as well. And we talked a lot about this stuff. And I've been really inspired by this sort of ideal of like, yeah, I, I think it would be so cool if I had a house and we've attempted it and we've succeeded on many mm-hmm. levels. But like if we always made our beans from scratch and mm-hmm. we always had grains soaking and, and seeds sprouting and everything ran like clockwork and we had this beautiful, like totally, I don't know, homegrown kitchen, not mm-hmm. no, no commercial stuff. But at the same time, like it's as I started to think of that, I would sometimes get deflated and defeated and be like, yeah, I just I'm not gonna be able to do that. And it's just too easy for me to go, <laughs> you know, opt for beans from the from the grocery store shelf, knowing that I'm still eating beans, but thinking then about BPA in the cans and salt and all that. And you can certainly take measures to reduce that and, and avoid mm-hmm. that. And it's easier than ever to find things that are BPA free and, you know, no salt added and things like that. Um but where where do you find the the balance here? Because I think you're so good at understanding, like how so good at kind of having an organized kitchen like that, something that does seem to run like clockwork, uh, and teaching people how to do it. But what, you know, what do you tell people who who can't do that or who won't or who think they can't do that? Like like where do you mm-hmm. make sacrifices uh, in terms of in terms of making things a little bit easier? First of all, always doing it isn't possible. That's just not how life works. And that definitely, you know, my kitchen does not run like clockwork. <laughs> Absolutely oh, not. On, that's my, you're ruining my picture <laughs> no, of you. <laughs> sorry. No, I am totally human. And like, I don't always get to soak everything, but I, I do, I, I have to personally because it's best for my digestion if I do, hmm. but it doesn't happen all the time on the regular. Like it's, I think that what's important is to just do the best you can and be honest with yourself. You know if you're doing the best you can or if you're making excuses and your priorities are out of whack. Like if you're watching a TV show or something, like maybe you could be relaxing in the kitchen and preparing some vegetables or cooking some grains instead. If you have to compromise and get some beans in a can, that's fine. You're still eating beans instead of that you know that you right. bought and brought home and prepared for yourself versus eating out or, you know, you're still just do the best that you can. That's definitely where I come from. Gotcha. Good. Well, that's, that's what we are doing. And that's what I think a lot of people want to do. And I think that's also what, uh, what a book like yours does, because it does, you provide, and I'm speaking to the new one mainly because it's not just recipes, it's, it's techniques and how to's and like that, 
that allows you to do the best you can, right? The, like with recipes, if if you're not knowledgeable about, about cooking, uh, I know people get hung up about like following recipes in general because it just seems like the, the substitutions are too stressful for them, right? And they don't want to go to the store and get this special thing and they don't even know where they would find that. But to make the recipe without mm-hmm. that is scary because they don't know if that right. will ruin the entire thing or if substituting dried herbs for fresh is is you know right. totally fine. So I think uh, I think what you've done with this one is a really cool thing in in making it easier for people to kind of choose their own balance point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say something about that. It yeah. it takes practice to you know yeah, every day exactly learn something new. <laughs> and when people are afraid to swap out dried herbs for fresh, that's that shows that there's a big disconnect with your your instinct for cooking, which we all have. So take the chance and and learn from whether it worked or not and file that in your you know your your cooking toolbox so for next time you know because you actually experienced it does that make sense it totally does and i would add that if if you don't okay if if you and i'm not trying to be insulting here because i've i've definitely been here and still am here sometimes yes if you don't know enough to really know if swapping out the dried herbs for the fresh just to keep using the same example uh is going to ruin the meal then chances are you're not going to notice the difference anyway because like <laughs> yeah, some sort of you know super taster gourmand person might right. notice that you didn't use fresh herbs instead of dried but you know anyone else doesn't for the most part and like you know we maybe maybe like I've had plenty of meals where I was like well I put way too many caraway seeds in this red cabbage and next time I'll make sure I don't do that but it's not like my night is ruined it just it just means I'm tasting a little bit too much caraway seed in my red cabbage like it's not I don't know. It's not embarrassing. It's not the end of the world. Right. And then and then now I don't need to go to the cookbook and find the exact amount anymore because I right. know that once I overshot it, now I know how much of my palm to fill up with caraway seeds before I put it in there. So like, Absolutely. You have le- the experience. Exactly. You learn by mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Good. Uh, and by the way, that is one of my favorite time-saving tips is stop measuring, unless you're baking, stop mm. measuring teaspoons and tablespoons of stuff and half teaspoons and, and just put them in there because... I mean, it, it, it's not. It would be a hundred percent coincidence if every cookbook in the world <laughs> had all these nice round figures that all happened to land on quarter teaspoon or half teaspoon or full teaspoon instead mm-hmm. of point six two teaspoons, right? Because like, it, there's all this margin for error, and it's just people just round things toward <sighs> right. the nearest one. So like, right. it doesn't matter if you're a little bit heavier, a little bit light on stuff like that. And and if it turns out that you notice that you were, then then you learn something. Yes, and this is where tasting as you cook is really, really important. And because with plant-based cooking, you're not using any animal products, you can do that safely from the very beginning. So start with less of whatever you're putting in, taste it, see if it needs more, and then add a little bit more. Don't go with the maximum amount at the beginning because you can't <laughs> take it out. You can always add more. So Unless it's, unless it's spicy hot sauce, and then just go for the right. max. Right, go then. for it. Dump <laughs> just... the whole bottle in. <laughs> At least that's how I would do it. <laughs> I've, I've done that way too many times. That so that that actually is the good example of the time when I am extra cautious because I love that stuff, but uh, I've ruined a lot of meals that I'm the only one in the family will eat it because right. it's way too spicy. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, Heather, this uh, I think this is plenty, and this has been really good. Uh, the book is Yum Universe Pantry to Plate. It is out the exact same day as the Nomi Dathi Cookbook, which is May sixteenth, next Tuesday. Uh, and as we said, Tuesday. we're doing the events uh, that day and the next day at Malaprops mm-hmm. and Plant in in mm-hmm. Asheville together, and it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to to next week. And and like you, I'm looking forward to being done and having the book out and saying 
I can, I can close the book on that. Except you can't because yeah. you got to go in the river two months. Right, but I, I <laughs> think that you know, kicking it, kicking off the tour and celebrating the book release with you guys is going to be a blast. I can't wait. It totally is. Uh, so as for this this episode will go out on Thursday before the books come out. Are you cool. like we are? Are you doing any sort of uh, pre order bonus incentive oh, yeah. deal? Yep. Um, so I have uh, five extra recipes and then a tips and tricks ebook. So there are two different ebooks you can get if you pre-order. And then I also made a actually a textile out of all the illustrations in the book. I saw that. And I sewed up a bunch of fun handmade things that are an extra. So no, whether you pre-order or not, you'll definitely get the electronic bonuses. But once a week, I'm giving away some of these handmade extras and some posters and stuff. Nice. So. That's really cool. That's something uh, very very special. And I think. Uh goes along with the idea of going and doing your own book tour, right? It's just it's, you're, you're putting your all into this thing yeah. and, and not just going the easy route. Uh, have fun. Very, very cool. So where do people go to find out that stuff and what do they have to do? Get it and then forward you their receipt or something? Um, there are links on the homepage of yumuniverse.com for that. Um, and yeah, there's a form. If you go to book number two in the navigation, that will take you to the pre-order page and there's a form right there that you can fill out. And yeah, I just need receipt number and where they bought it, name, email, all that stuff. Cool. All right. And I would say the deal of the year would be go do that for Yum Universe and do that for No Meat Athlete. And you'll just be Absolutely. pre-ordering two great books and you'll be getting a ton <laughs> of good bonuses. Uh, and then and then to complete the trifecta, come out to our events in Asheville and uh, we'll have a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds great. All right. Well, Heather, thank you very much. I wish you the very best of luck. I'm looking forward to meeting you next week. And uh, I, I hope everything goes really, really well in the book tour. I think it's uh, it's it's a great great experience to do and uh, I think you'll be happy that you did yeah I'm looking forward forward to it thanks Matt and I'll okay. see you next week that's right see you then <laughs> cool. alright bye bye